0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Murphy's League. Today's episode, I'm back for the summer. I'm out for school at UCSB, third year of college in the books. If you guys are listening from that, or you know me from UCSB, I appreciate each and every single one of y'all. It was a great year. We're going to make it a great fourth year, but today's episode, I'm going to be talking about my top 25 NFL trade assets. It's really going to be focused on younger players and I'm not going to be including any quarterbacks or any rookies in this list because frankly, if I put quarterbacks in this list, it would basically be a list full of quarterbacks. Um, you know, you'd have your Mahomes, Herbert, Burrow, all those dudes are basically Allen. Those dudes would basically be one through four. It'd be a lot more boring this way. This way, it's more of like a franchise building exercise. Say you're starting a team absolutely from scratch. You have nothing to Go off of these are the guys that you might be prioritizing, and this is basically just a trade value list. You know how much are they worth to their team? How much is the team willing to give up for them? Also worth mentioning, a lot of veterans I'm not going to be included in this episode. Uh, I'll get to that later in the episode once I get you know to my number one player. I'll backtrack a little bit and talk about some veterans and why I didn't have them on the list obviously most of these dudes are pretty untradeable anyways so that's not really why they didn't make the list it's more so their age you know where they're at in their careers and i don't think teams are really going to be calling for them and i don't think the teams that have them are willing to be trading them for anything so it's really not worth mentioning this exercise it's really more focused around building a franchise young players and just how valuable they are and you know how much it would take for a team to give them up. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I hope you can share this with your friends and family. I'd appreciate it a lot. Be sure to follow me over at Murphy's League on Instagram. I'm gonna be a lot more active over there this summer and it's gonna be a great summer. So stay tuned for it all. I'm gonna have a lot of content coming out for you guys. Really excited to see where it takes me and let's get into it. guys so before i get to number 25 on this list i just want to mention this is my third time recording this shit, so i put a lot more detail into it i've got a lot of stats and numbers i'm going to throw at you guys and hopefully it's not going to be too long an episode if it is i mean well shit, at least it was in depth at least i covered everything i needed to but if i sound a little frustrated or just a little bit you know amped up one i have a shit ton of caffeine going through me and two This is my third time recording this fucking episode So i'm really hoping not to mess it up this time and without further ado Let's get to number 25 at number 25 on my list and yes, I am gonna go 25 to 1 I'm gonna, you know build the drama not gonna, you know ruin all the suspense by going one down from 25 So number 25 and again, I want to emphasize these are all younger guys Basically all these guys on this list are 25. I think the oldest guy on this list is 26. Yeah I've got like two 26 year olds. I've one 28 year old um maybe not even worth mentioning him because he's never going to get traded, but none of these guys are ever going to get traded. At least they definitely shouldn't. Number 25 though, nonetheless, I have JC Horn, cornerback for the Carolina Panthers. I'm a huge JC guy, loved him coming out of college. He was, I believe he was my top ranked corner coming out of that year. I believe that was before I was doing all the rankings on the draft and stuff. So I don't actually think it's out there on this podcast. You might be able to find it. I really don't know. I don't remember, but he has had some injuries and that's the one concern, but other than that, when he's been on the field, he's absolutely fantastic. 52.6 passer rating allowed on 454 or sorry, 452 coverage snaps. All these stats that I'm going to say today, by the way, are via PFF shout out to them. I use them all the time. It's a really, really great tool. Totally worth being a premium member, but it is worth mentioning, you know, some of their stuff can be a little bit off. So take everything in here with just a little bit of grain of salt, but for the most part, They're pretty fucking accurate. I trust them and I love what they end up doing over there. Some of their grades can be a little, you know, hit or miss, but some of those raw stats in terms of, you know, completion percentage, uh, sacks allowed, all that type of stuff. They're pretty damn accurate. So you can, you know, it's a pretty good judgment of how they've been playing either way. JC Horn, just making the list. First guy on the list. Number 25 I believe he has the potential to be a perennial All-Pro in this league. We've seen his potential time and time again. He's made some incredibly flashy plays already in his young career. He's not only a technician, but he's extremely physical and knows to use his really long arms and big frame when he has to. He's really fast, can keep up with most athletic wide receivers in the NFL. And with his size profile, his technical skills, he makes a list, number 25, Also worth mentioning, I'm going to get into more and more detail as I get further down this list. So don't expect me to say too much between 25 and 20, a little bit more between 20 and 10, and then the most between, you know, nine and one. So just throwing that out there. Number 24. Oh, worth mentioning that JC Horn's only 23 years old. At number 24, though, we have Christian Darisaw, tackle of the Minnesota Vikings. He's one of the best run blocking tackles, excuse me. In the NFL, he's really fantastic at it. He's got an amazing profile. I think he can still develop a little bit as a pass protector, but I mean, at only 25 years old, tackle, obviously a premium position in the NFL. He is already one of the best in the entire league. Um, graded out extremely well via PFF last year, and it looks like it's only an upwards trajectory from him. Didn't start his two career too hot, but really turned it on these last couple years, and Christian Darisaw really impressed from what I saw from him last year. He makes the list at number 24. Number 23, I have Quinn Williams of the New York Jets. I mean, after a really solid first two years in the league, he really put it all together last year. Obviously, he was at the benefit of having Robert Sala and a lot of other talented guys around him on that defense, but still, his numbers really do show you the full picture. He can do it all. He's not quite as good against the run as he is as a pass rusher but that's really not what you were expecting from him out of alabama one of the best defensive tackles to ever come out of alabama and that's saying a whole lot because you know there's a lot of big names come out of there between jonathan allen deron Payne, all those types of names there's a lot of guys but 53 pressures last year along with 13 sacks i mean that's those are big numbers those are for real numbers he's i'm not going to say the leader of this jets defense but he is kind of the engine that makes it all go he's that anchor in the middle he's that three tech that so many teams are looking for in this modern day nfl you need pass rush not just from the outside but up the middle and quinnon williams definitely provides that for the new york jets again only 25 years old youth is going to be a huge theme in this episode he was so damn productive this last year and again a constant upward trajectory you love to see that with your prospects maybe only scratching, you know, the surface of what he can be, and and Williams, amazing prospect coming out of Alabama, amazing player now in the NFL, makes a list at number 23. A number 24, no, I'm going backwards, number 22, sorry, <laughs> I've got another defensive tackle out of New York, this one, not a three-tech, but a nose tackle, I've got Dexter Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence was someone that, I mean, I think I kind of just... Read his numbers as far as like how big he was. He was 340 pounds coming out of Clemson, 6'4", absolute unit of a human being, you know, played there with Christian Wilkins. I was assuming he was just going to be a run stuffer, a space eater, fuck up the play and just let everyone else, you know, feast off of his chaos and the double teams that he's creating he's not only doing that, he's doing that and so much more. His pass rush has truly looked unblockable at times. He can easily handle double teams with his elite size. Again, he makes everyone better around him and the stats don't always show those types of things because he just fucks up a lot of plays and creates a lot of really good mismatches for his teammates. But I mean, As a pass rusher, he has developed immensely. Honestly, this might even be low for him looking at it now of a couple guys ahead of him. I probably could have put him two or three spots higher, but number 22, Dexter Lawrence. Again, only 25 years old with Quinnen Williams. He had more pressures than Quinnen last year. Quinnen had 53. This guy had 63. Didn't quite have the sack numbers, only nine sacks. But it really does show that sacks aren't everything, and he was creating so much opportunity for his teammates there in New York, and a really big reason why they took such a big leap forward as a team. Obviously, this is a guy that, I mean, he's been solid, but really blew out, blew out, really, <laughs> really broke out this <laughs> last year. Pause. Um, and I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, go watch his reps against Minnesota in that playoff game last year. There were times where he just looked borderline unblockable. And again, in today's NFL, you don't want just want pressure coming from the outside because quarterbacks are good enough they can step up in the pocket and they can you know maneuver those pockets very well brady did a great job for that with his career for a long time drew Brees, you know a lot of these immobile guys but if you get pressure up the middle you're forcing them out of the pocket you're going to change their whole game plan guys like josh allen constantly struggle against that even being known as the more mobile guys once they're on the move you know they're forced to make more decisions obviously not everyone can be patrick mahomes and just create magic out of nothing and Dexter Lawrence, a huge reason why the New York Giants made huge strides last year. Love him. He makes a list at number 22. Number 21, and maybe I'm too high on this guy, but I was in love with him coming out of college. I could not believe he fell almost to the second to last. I think it was the second to last or the last pick in the second round when he came out. Creed Humphrey center for the Kansas City Chiefs, only 23 years old, so still has a lot of really damn good years ahead of him, made an all-pro team this last year, probably the best run-blocking center in football already, and that's really rare from someone coming in the league the way they did, and just especially, you know, coming from Oklahoma, you really don't see that too often, but obviously a lot of great Offensive lineman coming out of Oklahoma. Not saying that. What I am saying though is that it's rare that he's able to do all the things he can do and as polished as he is coming out this, you know, this young and this early at 23 years old, he didn't allow a sack all year long, according to PFF. Oh, yeah. And he only had four penalties. So this dude is polished. He's 23. He's going to be a perennial Pro Bowler for many years to come. And I really do think. This guy's name is going to be in the same conversation as Jason Kelsey, all those types of guys when it's all said and done, because he is just going to be, as long as he stays healthy, he is going to be a many-time pro bowler. I really do believe in that, and I love me some Creed Humphrey. Amazing player. Kansas City got themselves a stud there in the middle And I really do think that center is kind of an underappreciated position I know it's becoming a little bit undervalued in the league and you're not seeing you know There's a reason why centers almost never go in the first round anymore and a lot of people won't pay centers this huge money But I really do think it's an underappreciated position. and I do think it is very important amongst an offensive line you know just Calling plays for everybody, bringing everybody together. He really is the glue that keeps this offensive line together. A very young offensive line, I will add. And Creed Humphrey, I'm just a very big fan of his game. He comes in at number 21. Again, maybe Dexter Lawrence should have been ahead of him, just where the NFL is right now and how they value those two different positions. But hey, Creed Humphrey, number 21, one of the best centers in the league, makes the list. Number 20. Again, this is where positional value really comes into it because left tackle, so damn important in today's NFL. And out of 1,024 snaps played, Andrew Thomas for the New York Giants only had three sacks allowed and two penalties. Again, this is another guy similar to Quinn and Williams, which I brought up earlier. Well, first off, he's only 24 years old, but he's been consistently going uphill each and every single year. His rookie year really looked rough. Last year, or I guess the year before last, his second year, started to put it more together. You saw some really good flashes. And even beyond flashes, you saw that more consistency in his game You know, coming across. It wasn't nearly the mess that his rookie year was. And then his third year, he really brought it all together. He's going to get himself paid. A fat bag because of it, and he totally deserves it. He was fantastic for the New York Giants last year. Again, him and Dexter Lawrence, huge reasons why the Giants made such significant leaps this last year. And again, only 24 years old, probably only getting better, and already one of the best pass blocking tackles in the NFL. Not to say that he's a bad run blocker, but really more known as a pass blocker, and he can do it all. And I really, really like this guy's game. Again, a technician at the position, and just really. Showing why he was worth the fourth overall pick in that year's draft class. At the time, I thought it was a reach. He's proven me wrong now. I like some other tackles over him and they're definitely not performing as well as he is. So good for Andrew Thomas, only 24 years old, making the list at number 20. Number 19, this is another one where age comes in to be a really big factor here because I was gonna put him lower, but he's just so damn young. And he was my favorite receiver coming out of this draft class last year. I have Garrett Wilson. He put up 1,100 yards with a bunch of c quarterbacks throwing him the ball. He also only had two drops on his tape. Again, according to PFF, so take this with a grain of salt. Maybe there was some more there that they missed, or but I, I doubt it could be that different. Two drops? That's not shit, especially with the type of quarterbacks that were throwing the ball. Again, 1,100 yards, that's super impressive. Only 22 years old, and this guy has just Such a well-rounded game. That's really what I liked about him coming out of college. He can do a lot for you. You can catch the ball over your head. He can pluck it over you. He can separate. He's fast enough to do that. He's a good enough route runner, you know, not as crisp as someone like a Chris Olave, who's just silky smooth with his routes, but... Definitely gets by in that regard. Has the ability to separate. Has really, really strong hands. And again, only 22 years old. Going to be the focal point in this offense for a long time. Excited to see what he's going to do with Aaron Rodgers now that Aaron Rodgers is no longer you know, my biggest fear. And I hate him so much. He's on the Jets. So I can't care anymore. So at number 18, and looking back on it, this guy should definitely be higher. This is like one of the only ones that I... I, I definitely fucked up on this one. He's only 25 too. I'm going to call an audible. I'm not going to say his name yet. And then I'm just going to sprinkle him in where it feels right. Yeah, I'm going to hold off on that one. So number 18, let's go Jair Alexander. He was my next up on the list. 26 years old, has had some really big games against some really, really good competition. I think he played extremely well against Stephon Diggs despite losing that game to Buffalo. He played really, really well, got in his head. He's a big shit talker. Don't always love that. Um, But... In most instances, he can back it up. I also just hate that he's on Green Bay, so it, it kind of hurts me that I have to put him this high. But again, he really did show that he is one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Uh, you know, Had a really good matchup against Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson. Obviously, that game was blew up on the internet because you know there was all that talk between him and Justin, and he ended up backing it up. And only had 572 yards allowed all year last year, played every single game. 66.2 passer rating allowed as well. So, well below, you know, a good mark. You know, goods normally between 90 and 100. 66.2. That's a really, really good tell. This is just, you know, how disruptive he can be. And there's really a, not a lot of guys in this league that he can't cover. Jay Alexander, gotta say. Even though I hate to admit it, and he's on the Packers, he's a damn good receiver. I will, or cornerback, I will say the Bears gave him kind of a hard time. Nikhil Harry had a huge catch against him. A couple of our other guys gave him kind of a hard time. So hopefully, you know, he just keeps choking it against the Bears and that's what's going to happen next year. But either way, only 26 years old. One of the best cornerbacks in the league, especially with where this league's going. It's such a weapons oriented league. You need cornerbacks. You need guys that can lock down. Jair Alexander has proven he can do it against some of the best competition in the league. He makes a list at number 18. Number 17. This is a guy that, honestly, he was either going to be right here on the list or he wasn't going to be on this list at all, but he's just too damn good, and he's still fairly young, so I had to put him on here. I've got Chris Jones, defensive tackle of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's only 28. He's the oldest guy on this list. I know I was going to try and save it for... Younger guys, but I mean how I see it this guy's game is he's gonna age like a Cameron Hayward type of player I really don't see how his game can, you know Regress in a huge way in the next couple of years here And even if you only have a couple good years of Chris Jones, there's a teams that would give up a boatload for that I mean again older than the last three tech that's gonna be on this list, which I'll, I'll mention later once I get there, but Pass rush specialist from the interior his numbers are absolutely Bonkers last year. 15 sacks, 77 pressures. That's fucking ridiculous. That is like, you know, those are like legit, like Max Crosby, Miles Garrett, like premier edge rusher numbers. And he's doing it from the three tech, you know, affecting the run game along the way. Not known as a premier run defender, but he can most certainly do it. And just having that. Presence on the interior completely changes the game plan and he can just blow up games been a perennial pro bowler for many years now And I mean what else do I have to say? He's only 28 years old is a position that as a Bears fan You know, we're looking for a three tech right now. We're hoping we filled that gap with guys like um Holy shit. Why am I forgetting that dude's name? Not Zach Pickens the other fuck Gervin Dexter. Jesus Christ I can't believe I just forgot that guy's name anyways I would love to have a guy like Chris Jones, right? I would totally give up some draft capital to get a guy like him. Chiefs are obviously never going to trade him, but honestly, no one on this list is ever getting traded. This is just a fun exercise. And Chris Jones, been causing mayhem for many years now, going to be causing mayhem for a couple more years and, you know, might help Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes get another ring there. So just that presence, his stats, they're stupid. 15 sacks, 77 pressures from a three tech, that's fucking unheard of. At number 16, because I am a spot ahead now, I have to save a spot for he who shall be named in a couple spots here. Number 15, I've got Derwin James, um, or what am I on, 16 now? Because I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm one behind. Number 16, Derwin James, only 26 years old. I was surprised how young he was. It feels like he's been in the league for so fucking long now, but his resume is ridiculously good. Yes, he's had some health concerns in the past. He's had season-ending injuries before, but... He was healthy this last year, again, only 26. And in the time that he has been on the field, not only has he made the Pro Bowl a few times, but I mean, gotten tons of respect from his peers. And as far as, you know, NFL top 100 voting, I believe he made the first team all pro team as a rookie. And again, just definition of a Swiss army knife. There's really not much this guy can't do. His PFF profile was absolutely littered with just stupid stats. I mean, to give you reference, he only allowed seven yards per reception. Guys like Pat Sertan and some of these other guys, I I just spoiled one of my picks later, but they allowed like 11 yards per catch. He's legit able to do things that cornerbacks can't do while rushing the passer at an elite level, screaming off the edge, extremely useful in blitzes. He can play cover two. You know, you probably don't want to put him in single high because he doesn't have that like long lengthy range, but that's really not his role anyways. He's best in the box. He can help on run defense. He can rush the passer. He can guard tight ends because he's big enough and physical enough that he's just so good and there's so little that he can't do he only allowed a 67.2 passer rating so again comparable to guys like jair alexander who's you know one of the premier lockdown cornerbacks in this league derwin james not a whole lot this guy can't do seems like a great leader on the field and he makes the list at number what am i on 16 because i'm because i'm accounting for one being missing he's on the list of number 16 number 15 This is a 22-year-old coming out of the University of Oregon a couple years ago, Penny Sewell. I mean, he needs to clean up his penalties a bit, but that's really like, that's almost all you can criticize. Criticize, there we go. In his game, he's still so young. Absolute mauler in the run game. Athletic profile out the wazoo. He's got... Crazy, crazy size to speed ratio. And I think that can really translate into his pass pro development because he's not quite there technically speaking. Um, he needs to improve on some of the technicalities and just the nuances of pass protection. But He's 22 years old. He's gonna get there. He's even had some really big highlight plays receiving, which has been fucking awesome to see. You love to get, you know, your early round draft picks involved in some big plays. There seems to be a fan favorite already. And even though he needs to improve in his pass protection, he only allowed two sacks last year. Like this guy is gonna be a perennial Pro Bowler for many years to come. And Penae Sewell makes the list at number 15. Number 14. Maybe this is too high, but I love this guy, and I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does. I think his stats don't really full the, show the full story, but Jeffrey Simmons, only 25 years old, makes the list at number 14. Again, three-tech, so important. He's the last three-tech on this list. He's the most valuable three-tech in the league, in my opinion, right now. Let me know if I'm forgetting anyone, but in my opinion, he's the most valuable three-tech in the league because of the resume he's put up, because of what he means to this t- Tennessee Titans team. Obviously. Things being, you know, brought into this equation is, you know, how much would it take for a team to give this guy up? Maybe Jeffrey Simmons isn't as good as some of these other guys I mentioned right now, but he is the identity of this Titans defense. They are never, never going to give this guy up. And honestly, they're paying him on a pretty affordable contract for his skill set. So, I mean... He makes everyone around him better. He's been a leader on this team. I could not believe when I looked up his age that he was only 25 because it feels like he's been doing this for years on end. Been extremely productive. He is one of the best, again, I'll say it again, one of the best three techs in the entire league, only 25 years old. Makes everyone around him better. It really is the motor for this Tennessee Titans defense. I know that's a cliche, but it's genuinely true. And I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does there because... Frankly, he's playing in Tennessee and I don't know how much coverage in media the Tennessee Titans get. Either way, maybe I'm a little too high on him, but number 14, Jeffrey Simmons. Let's go to number 13, Tariq Wolin, cornerback out of Seattle, obviously coming off his rookie year, started his rookie year on a fucking crazy pace, had like five picks in five weeks or whatever it was. Sorry, I just dropped my phone if you could hear that. Slowed down towards the end of the year and, you know, kind of... Put himself out of position too many times, missed too many tackles. But regardless, his stats in the long run were really good. Only allowed a 70 flat passer rating all year long. And I think his physical tools are really what separate him from a lot of other guys. Obviously ran a 427 at the combine. Stands at 6'4. I mean physically, there's no other cornerback in this entire league. And he's in his first year in the league. A little bit older of a rookie, so I think that's why he slid a little bit. If he was as young as someone like I mean I don't wanna, fuck it, I'll tell you because you know he's gonna be on this list anyways. If he was as young as someone like Sauce Gardner, he would have been much closer to him, but he falls a few spots behind him. Not only because Sauce is just absolutely ridiculous and possibly the best cornerback in the league already. But again, he's two years older than Sauce, so that does make a difference in my books. You know, that's less of a window to be in your prime. And either way, making the list in number twelve or number thirteen. Nothing to be ashamed about. And he's a damn good cornerback. Might be a perennial Pro Bowler for many years to come. And again, the skill set is really what separates him from other guys on this list. 6'4, 4'27. Four, four, you simply cannot coach that. Up next, what am I on? Number, this would be 13. So this would be 12, right? Number 12. And then I'll put the guy that I haven't mentioned yet right behind this next guy. Yeah. Number 12, I've got Pat Sertan, cornerback out of Denver. Maybe a little bit biased on this guy, but I just love his technique. I think he's such a technician. Um, I was surprised that his stats weren't better because it felt like he was fucking clamps last year. It felt like he was playing really well against some of the best competition in the league. I mean, Devontae Adams even credited him with having one of the toughest matchups in the league, but still only 23 years old. Loved him coming out of Alabama. Again, one of these long, lengthy guys that just has all the uncoachable intangibles as far as speed and length and athletic profile goes, but also has the mental side of it really seems to be a very, you know, he seems like a guy that watches a lot of film and picks up on tendencies of receivers. He's never going to bite on the first move. Uh, Devonte Smith was talking about it when the NFL posted it. And I, think he totally nailed it on the head in his analysis of Pat Sertan. Obviously, they know each other very well being college teammates and all that, but he really did nail it in saying that he just doesn't bite on the first move. He's extremely disciplined and he plays like a veteran back there. Obviously picked up some of that from his dad, um, but either way, Pat Sertan makes the list at number, what would this be, 12? I'm kind of confused on where I'm at because I'm holding off on saying one guy. So I'm like, (laughs) I don't know if this is 12 or 13, but I think it's 12. Up next, let's put let's put let's put the guy I've been holding off here. Number 11, I've got AJ Brown. I mean, again, it, it's like he's never going to get traded, but none of these guys are. And not only did the Titans undervalue him, they should have just fucking paid this guy. They not only did he get traded recently for only one first-round pick, but he absolutely showed why that was a terrible move for the Tennessee Titans and an absolutely steal of a move by the Philadelphia Eagles. He completely changed their offense in just one offseason. 1,500 receiving yards and damn near a 120 passer rating when targeted is fucking stupid. His numbers are dumb. 17 yards per reception, that's stupid. Those are dumb, dumb, dumb numbers. He's only 25 years old, so you could argue he's still getting better. There's not a lot this guy can't do, maybe not the craftiest route runner, but I mean physically, yards after the catch, he can do that, he can moss you, he can run by you, he's a fast physical freak, obviously, there's just, he is the identity of, I mean, maybe not the identity, but he is the difference maker in this Philadelphia offense, without him, they certainly wouldn't have made the Super Bowl last year. Jalen Hurts probably doesn't make the MVP type jump that he did, and A.J. Brown such an important piece of that puzzle they're never going to trade this guy but he makes the list at number whatever i whatever i said 11 or 12 wherever i'm at either way let's get on to our next guy i believe that's 12. so i think our next guys oh wait no no because no, this would be 12 13. so am i counting this wrong this would be this would be 14 this would be 13 12. so he'd be 11. so number 10. all right we're into the top 10. number 10 I've got Tristan Wirfs. Obviously, if you guys haven't been living on a rock, you know Tristan Werfs is a huge reason why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl the year they did, and he's just been nothing short of fantastic since he's gotten there. Only allowed five pressures, two sacks, and four penalties last year, but what I think is most impressive, he's only allowed five sacks in his three-year career. Five. In three years. That's ridiculous. As a pass protector, he's absolutely phenomenal. He's one of the best in the entire league. I believe he's made an all pro team now. I, b- I know he's made a few pro bowls, but out of 626 pass blocking snaps, five pressures, two stacks, sacks, four penalties. That's just incredible. And he was considered more of a project coming out of Iowa because he had all these insane physical tools and he just immediately was placed in that system and it just clicked for him. He, you know, huge reason why they won a the Super Bowl. Already mentioned that, but definitely worth worth mentioning again. He's super important to this franchise and one of the best right tackles in the entire league at only 24 years old. Number nine, I've got C.D. Lamb. This guy is only a little bit higher than A.J. Brown because he's a year younger, and his numbers are honestly comparable. We got to think about this last year. Last year. Obviously, uh, Jalen Hurts missed a couple games, and Gardner Minshew subbed in for him, so I guess it's somewhat comparable, but I mean, Cooper Rush started five games for the Cowboys last year, CeeDee Lamb still had damn near 1,400 receiving yards, he was like four yards short or something like that, at 12.7 yards per reception, only five drops on 107 catches, and that really, that stat's really telling to me, because he makes some crazy contested body contorting catches. Like his body control is some of the most impressive I've ever seen. He reminds me a lot of DeAndre Hopkins in that way where he just knows where to be at the right times. He knows how to manipulate his body. And although he's not like the most physically imposing guy, he's deceptively strong with his hands, with his placement. He's not gonna like blow by you or break you down with speed or absolutely put you on skates with his route running but he's just very well-rounded. He can do it all. He can go over the top, he can run any route in the route tree and he's just a complete wide receiver that's only 24 years old. Put up really, really good numbers this last year. Again, 109.6 passer rating when targeted. That's well above league, a- league average. And CD Lamb, again, maybe I'm a little biased. I like his swag. I like I like watching CD Lamb play a lot and I loved him coming out of college, but just a really, really damn well-rounded wide receiver. And again, this is a team that just values this type of guy. And I think that's why he's so high on this list, making it at number nine. At number eight, I've got Jalen Waddle. I hope I didn't miscount these. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. No, I didn't. Nice. Number eight, I've got Jalen Waddle. You guys might think I'm crazy for having him this high and having him above guys like AJ Brown and CD Lamb and all that. But I mean, Waddle is just... His resume is insane and his ability after the catch. I know that um wow, why am I forgetting his fucking name? I know that Mike the Dolphins head coach shit. Shit, shit, shit. Why am I forgetting his name? This is embarrassing. I feel so put on the spot. It's all the pressure on me. Whatever. It'll 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 come to me. Anyways, I know the Dolphins head coach knows how to use him very, very well and knows how to get these guys open and the ability to, you know have yards after the catch opportunity but his speed basically just makes him scheme proof you can put him in so many different systems and he's just gonna you know work into that role flawlessly and he's not you know gonna give you the the crazy moss play or any of that but 18 point yards per reception is fucking stupid that is a dumb stat nearly getting 20 yards every time you touch the ball is just bonkers and especially it's not like this guy wasn't touching the ball consistently he had Plenty of receptions to go along for it. Matter of fact, I'm gonna look it up because I don't remember the number off the top of my head. But he had damn near 1,400 yards. Yeah, he had 75 catches. So it's not like it's not like this is a guy who's just you know sitting on 30 catches in the year, or maybe has like you know a couple really really ridiculous like Gabe Davis type games where he's breaking away for 90 yards. Like no, this was consistent. He was doing this on a nightly basis. And man, to average. 18.1 18.1 yards. So what he had damn near 1400 yards on the season. That's just so insane at 24 years old with that speed, with all the things he can bring to the table. Um, again, maybe I'm overvalued him, but speed kills in this league. And I know there are so many teams that would love to have them some Jalen Waddle. He really does create offense for a team in himself because he's just so dynamic with the ball in his hands. He's not a Debo Samuel type. He's not going to run you over but you're just not going to be able to fucking touch him because he's just way faster than you. Let me know if I'm too high on him, but I have Jalen Waddle at number eight. Number seven, this is one of the older guys on the list, but I'm a little bit biased towards this guy. I love his game. And again, I think he's just so important to this franchise that I got to put him on here. And he's still young enough that I don't feel like he's one of these veterans that definitely shouldn't be on the list. Miles Garrett, number, oh, whoa, wait, wait number seven yeah yeah number seven miles garrett 27 years old 18 sacks this last year 73 pressures uh, took over the game against cincinnati twice last year i mean this guy is if the cleveland browns can you know break out and kind of get over that hump like a lot of browns fans think they can this next year and deshaun watson comes back into old deshaun watson form Miles Garrett's gonna have a really damn good shot of winning defensive player of the year. He's been putting up the numbers consistently every single year since he's been in the league. Obviously, has had a little bit of an injury history, but really nothing too concerning. And he's just so important to the identity of this Browns team. They're all in. They want to win now. They're never gonna trade this guy. Only 27 years old. Arguably at his peak right now. Like this very next season is probably his peak of production and athleticism and I'm not saying he's going to like slow down dramatically after this, but 27 years old, you know, been in the league a few years, has seen it all at this point. I really think this is his year to just absolutely explode. He makes the list at number 27, or number 7, whoa. Number 6, I've got Max Crosby, one of the most productive pass rushers in the NFL on a team that probably thinks they're competitive but really isn't. 15 sacks, but what the really big number is, 81 pressures this last year. I believe he was second in the league in pressures behind a guy that I haven't mentioned yet, but we'll get to him. Um, Sorry, that was probably really loud. But Max Crosby, You know, there's not a whole lot else to say. Love his personality. Love his story. He's got a great, great story there. If you don't know it, look it up because it's, (laughs) it really is cool. He was had to get clean, and I won't get into it all now. But if you don't know it, look up Nas Crosby's story. He's got a really great story that you can get behind, and he's only 25 years old. I, I mean, again, age is super important when discussing these things, and. Probably not even entering his peak yet because pass rushers, you know, the best ones can easily go till they're 30, 31. And I think that can definitely happen with Max Crosby. He makes the list at number six. At number five, this is where Sauce Gardner comes in. Mentioned him earlier, but again, only 22 years old to be this polished and do what he did in his rookie year. We, I don't, I mean, in my lifetime, I don't remember this ever happening from this position. I feel like cornerback is one of the hardest positions to go from rookie or sorry, to go from college to the NFL, but Sauce Gardner, excuse me, consistently made it look easy, even took over games at some points. I mean, that Green Bay game, he was fucking everywhere, and goddamn, sorry, let me take a sip of water on bourbon. (laughs) There we go, nice, Um, anyways, Sauce Gardner, his numbers really talk for him. Allowed a 53.9 passer rating when targeting. That's one of the best in the NFL. 14 PBUs. That's fucking stupid. That's almost one a game. Uh, allowed 361 yards all year long. Again, these, these are all according to PFF and reception percentage of 45.9, so well below league average. I mean, he just did it all. He was truly a lockdown corner for them and should be a lockdown corner for many years to come. Only 22 years old, played against some of the best competition in the league and held his own. So, so impressed with what I saw from Sauce Gardner. Not only a technician, has the length, has the speed, has all the physical tools. Seems like a really good guy like really good character uh, obviously not in the locker room there but just from what i've seen he seems like a really likable guy and definitely going to be a culture setter for the new york giants for many years to come they're never going to get rid of him they found their new revis island they got sauce island out there now and sauce Gardner makes the list at number five arguably these the best cornerback in the league already as a rookie so you can make the argument that he might regress a little bit we we see that sometimes rookies you know come out really hot and they come out their second year and fall back a little bit or you can make the exact opposite argument and say, he's a rookie, he's 22, he's only going to get better. If that's the case, man, the sky's the ceiling, or the sky is the ceiling? Yeah, yeah that, that's the right saying. The sky is the ceiling for this guy, and he's going to be a fantastic cornerback for many years to come. Love me some sauce gardener. Number four, though, again, it's a weapons league, so we're going back to the weapons. I think you can guess who I'm going to say here, Jamar Chase, only 23 years old, um, and just Electric, Just such a big difference maker for this Bengals team. When you need a big play, it always seems like Jamar was there. His rookie year was nothing short of absolutely fantastic. Now, I'm not going to say single-handedly the reason why the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, but I will say if he's not on that team, they're not making the fucking Super Bowl. So <laughs> take that as you will. They took a huge risk in drafting him the year he came out and not addressing their pass protection, but it paid off in a massive way. And Jamar Chase is going to be a perennial pro bowler for many years to come. I mean, this guy's game is just so complete. There's nothing he can't do. He's a physical freak in terms of speed, you know, ability to moss you, can catch it over your head, or route running. He's This dude's really just got it all. And, I mean, we've seen it before time and time again. He's taken over games in the biggest moments. We saw it, you know, against the Titans in the playoffs that last year when they made the Super Bowl. We've seen it numerous times against the chiefs where in the biggest moments, he just always seems to be so cool, calm and collected And the chemistry between him and Joe burrow is absolutely ridiculous. He is one of the most untradeable guys in the entire league. And that's why he makes the list at four, especially in a weapons driven league as it is now. I'm going to pause this really quick because my dogs are barking and then I'm going to resume once they stop. (laughs) Okay. I think we're good. So let's keep going. Three. Two, one, that's all I've got left, and I'm going to talk about some veterans that I didn't want to put on the list and I really didn't know what to do with them. Then I'm going to talk about some honorable mentions and some guys that barely missed the list. Number three, Nick Bosa, the San Francisco 49ers. I think you guys probably already know who the last three are going to be. You can probably think of some young players that I haven't mentioned yet. So Nick Bosa makes a list at number three, obviously a little bit older than these last two guys that I'm going to talk about, a little bit older than a lot of other guys, but nonetheless, one defensive player of the year last year. I think he's only not higher because we know how good he can be when he is on the field, but has had some injury concerns in the past. Again, a little bit older, so that's a little bit of a concern, but Again, so important to the San Francisco 49ers defense, so productive from a pass rush standpoint. He is truly one of the best, if not the best, defensive end in the entire league. And his value is just so immense. The Niners, again, never, ever going to trade him, never even going to pick up a call. He is their future going forward at that position. Number two, though. I think this is no surprise to anybody justin jefferson i mean what else do i need to say coming off offensive player of the year most receiving yards ever through two years again i really don't i said i was gonna spend more time on these when i got to the end but i'm not realizing like what what do i need to say like you guys already know how good these guys are they're talked about all the time justin jefferson one of if not already the best receiver in the league still only 24 years old completely changed the dynamic of this Minnesota Vikings team. Obviously has a historic start to his NFL career, the most receiving yards ever through two years in a player's career. He's been nothing short of fantastic, only 24 years old. And a number one, I don't think there's really any other choice. Uh, he's come twice. He's come second Twice now, excuse me, in defensive player of the year voting for the last two years. His first two years in the NFL, I will add. So he's only scratching the surface of what he can do. Moving to defensive end full time this next year. So I think his numbers are going to be even more stupid. If you listen to my podcast, you know I'm a huge fan of this guy. Just might be my favorite player in the entire league. Whoa. To watch. Sorry about that. But Micah Parsons comes in at number one, only 24 years old only getting better, 90 pressures last year, 13 sacks, I mean, this guy is just fucking everywhere, he ruins game plans, he's, can do it all, I mean, I think you can put him at cornerback, he'd be fine, you can put him on Mike Linebacker, you can put a defensive end obviously moving to defensive end full-time now, really coming into his own because he really was more of an off-ball linebacker in college. Defensive end really wasn't his role. And he came out immediately just wrecking game plans from a pass-rushing standpoint. So as he develops that more into his game, because again, he wasn't really doing that in college, he's just going to get even better and better and better. And Micah Parsons, one of the most athletic freaks in the entire league and only 24 years old, Been healthy so far his entire career, knock on wood, that he stays that way, and he makes the list at number one. I really don't think there's any other options. I mean, you can maybe argue some, but I really do think he deserves to be number one. Now, before I get out of here, let's talk about some guys who barely missed the list, who are young guys, who definitely have some trade value, but I just couldn't quite find a spot for him. My first guy is Brian Burns. I really wanted to put him in the list, but I just couldn't quite put him over a guy like J.C. Horn. I think his teammate just has a little bit more value to him. Um, One, because J.C. Horn stole his rookie contract. Brian Burns getting paid. Brian Burns a little bit older, not quite putting up the numbers you want to see from some of these other guys. And again, it's a really good young league. He would be my 26th guy. There's no shame in that. There's a lot of really good players in the NFL right now, especially young players. The NFL is in a really good spot. So, No shame that it didn't make the list, just barely missed it. Jalen Phillips, another one of these pass rushing guys that I just want to see a little bit more from, but this time next year, he'll probably be on the list. He's ready to break out in Vic Fangio's system. Defensive end out of Miami, definitely a guy that doesn't get enough attention, doesn't quite put up the numbers, um, but his pressure numbers are there, and I think the sacks are going to be coming soon. He's going to be a household name sooner rather than later. Minka Fitzpatrick, another guy that barely missed the list. Um, Already been traded once, kind of in the same token as A.J. Brown, where looking back on it, probably wasn't traded for enough from one place to another, going from Miami to Pittsburgh, but one of the best safeties in the entire league can do a lot for a team. Um, I just think the value of safety isn't as high as it is for someone like Derwin James because Derwin James is just, he's not a safety. He, He can do it all. Yes, he's marked as a strong safety on paper, but he's doing a whole lot more from you Minka Fitzpatrick really truly is a free safety. Obviously, one of, if not the best in the entire league, but I just think based off the value and based off him being a little bit older than some of these other guys, he just missed the list. Ross St. Brown, another guy, barely missed the list. And two linebackers that barely missed the list, Fred Warner, Roquan Smith. Obviously, Roquan just got traded recently. His value was much lower in that trade because you know, you had to give up a second and a fifth and then also pay him. If he was already under contract, the Bears probably could have gotten more from him, but not saying that they didn't do the, do a good job with that trade. I actually really liked what they did there. Um, and then Fred Warner, another guy that I just think the value of the linebacker position is so low that it's hard to evaluate, you know, what a team is actually going to give up for a linebacker when linebackers just don't really seem to be going for that much right now. They don't seem to be a very sought out position. So I couldn't really find a spot for those guys. And Then some veterans I just didn't know what to do with I wanted to keep them off this list because I mentioned this I think in the intro or maybe at the beginning of this recording, but These are guys that teams. I don't even think are gonna call to you know to try and get them and Because they just know they're not available and the team that has them would never trade them because you know They only have so many years left playing wise and they're so good that they just don't wanna give him up. And I think they're gonna finish their careers with the team that they're on now. So these are guys like Jalen Ramsey, who obviously got traded, but that was more of like, he was gonna get dropped, he was gonna get cut. The Rams were in serious financial trouble and they just needed to get him off the books. Miami, you know, before they came in and cut him, just offered to give him some compensatory pick. So that's really a different story. In a normal situation, he would've gotten traded for a lot more. Obviously he was traded for two first round picks previously. Um, but I do think he's going to finish his career there in Miami. So I really don't know what to do with him. Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, and Aaron Donald. Again, all these guys, they're going to finish their careers where they are. I don't think teams are ever going to even call them or bother to try and get them. And the teams are never going to give them up. So I just really didn't know what to do with them. And again, I really wanted to focus on the young guys in this draft. It's more of a franchise building type type of uh, exercise. So just want to stay away from some of those other guys. But some other guys that just barely missed the list are just some rookies. I wanted to highlight rookies last year, that is, because I don't know if any rookies this year would have been on this list. Um, I'd have to go back and think about that, but I just didn't want to include it because they haven't even stepped on a football field yet. It's just not really fun to think of those hypotheticals. I mean, it's not that it's not fun, but it's just it feels a little wrong. It feels a little early to do stuff like that. So some guys, some other guys that just... I thought about putting on the list, but just I couldn't find quite find a spot for him. Excuse me. Um, Actually, before I get to the rookies, Chris Lingstrom was a guy who I was very tempted to put on this list. I didn't realize how young he was. He's one of the best offensive guards in football. I just think the guard position is incredibly undervalued, and I don't think a lot of teams would give up a whole lot for Chris Lingstrom. So that's why he didn't make this list. But getting back to the guys who were rookies last year and could have possibly made the list, but I didn't want to quite put him there. Drake London, Tyler Lindenbaum, Chris Olave. Um, those feel like guys that are gonna be, especially in Tyler Lindenbaum's position. Tyler Lindenbaum is someone I'm a huge fan of. I think him and Creed Humphreys are gonna be competing for the best center in the AFC for many years to come now. I absolutely loved him coming out of college. I believed at one point he was ranked as like my third or second best prospect behind Kyle Hamilton. I loved Tyler Lindenbaum. Um and he's going to be a fantastic center for many years to come. But again, center position, it's just kind of hard to evaluate what someone's, what a team's going to give up for a center. And yeah, that's honestly going to do it for me, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Sorry if you just heard my Snapchat go off. If you did, be sure to share this with your friends and family. Follow me here on Spotify. Follow me over on Instagram at Murphy's League. I appreciate each and every single one of y'all hit me up for more ideas if you want to get on an episode i'm more than willing to listen (laughs) listen to anybody's takes um definitely willing to you know see what you got going for me and maybe we can both get some benefit out of it so hit me up guys i appreciate you guys interacting with me be sure to follow me on instagram once again at murphy's league gonna be a lot more active on there this summer but without further ado i'll let you guys go hope you enjoyed this episode have a great rest of your day y'all